to witness the beginning of the creation of God, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. As far as bread, our Father in thank you, Lord, once again, for bringing us together into this place of worship. Thank you, Father, for bringing all of us and these people traveling from distance and all also, Lord, um, the faithful members of our church. Lord, thank you that you have gathered us this morning. I pray, oh God, that our hearts are ready. I pray that our minds are ready also uh, to learn more things and our hearts ready to absorb them so that we can apply them into our daily walk with you. And bless this passage of scripture, oh God, and thank you for the great reminder here. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you will guide me, guide my mouth, guide my lips, that uh, I will only speak those words that you want me to speak to your people. Lord, um, you are the one that will feed these people your words. Um, Lord, but I'm here ready and willing, Lord, to be used by you. And help me also, oh God, because I'm just a prayer person. I'm just a man um, with uh, limited knowledge and understanding. But Lord, I trust that it's the Holy Spirit of God that will teach your people your ways. And Lord, thank you for this great blessing and opportunity that um, we can be able to worship you this morning. We commit to you, Lord, this passage of scripture and the rest of our service in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Pastor, is that on mute? Is, yeah. is it on mute? Okay. Yep. Alright, so our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, um, here is so concerned about this church. Um, he's so concerned about um, his body, the church. In Revelation chapter 3, verse number 14, it speaks of um, the Leodicean church. And once he realized that this church is going downward, he went to the individuals. He calls the individuals to do his great work. The Lord Jesus Christ calls for individuals, but for many times he calls for the church to stand for him. And that is where we are going to focus our attention this morning. And the title of this message is Christ's Concerns for the Church. He loves his church as you know it. He gained his life for it. And he doesn't want this to go farther on, sinning against him, and farther and farther away from him. He wants this church to, to be drawn, you know, unto him. He wants this church to cleave unto him, to, you know, stand close to him. But again, we understand that this world needs a dynamic church. Our society needs us. Our homes need a church. Dynamic churches are the hope of a nation. Working churches are the hope of the community. Effective churches will bring people to Christ and bring righteousness of God in their lives. That is why the churches that are on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ improve the spiritual atmosphere of a nation, the spiritual atmosphere of a city. And he will use this church, he will use the individuals in this church. Now my friend, as we contemplate at becoming that church, that dynamic church that turned many to Christ, we must consider where we are at in our spiritual life. We must consider where this church at. Not in our carnal assessments of our, uh, uh, you know, uh, or, or the perspective that, that we have in our mind, but let us take a look at this from the perspective of God, from the perspective um, of um, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God. Because He's the one that said, I know that it works. If there's someone that knows our church, there's no one here knows better our church than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Yep. I have my own in my own assessment uh, what this church, where where this church at. But my assessment may be you know um, flawed or not really in the 
you know, a perfect assessment or valuation. But I trust that the Lord Jesus Christ knows better what's the condition of this church. And in fact, He knows the individuals of this church. Yep. And with that, my friend, when He said, I know thy works. Now, before we will allow the Lord to declare what He knows about our church or what He knows about our lives, I want you to contemplate upon these things. I want you to consider these things. What do you know about your Christian life? What do you think about your personal standing before the Lord? What do you think God thinks of you? Where are you at? Are you on fire for the work of the Lord, Jesus Christ? Are you on fire for the work of God in your life? These are the questions, hard questions, I, I believe. But I think, do not take it from me, but take it in the perspective, you know, from the Bible. Take it from the perspective of God. You know, separate first. Take away first the kind of things, kind of thoughts. Think about yourself before the Lord, standing before Him. What do you think the Lord will speak to you with regards to your standing on Him? Where are you at? Are you on fire for the work of the Lord? Perhaps many will say, um, yeah, I'm trying to. All of us will try to be a better Christian. All of us, we have the desire that, Lord, from now on, I will be a better Christian. I want to do the work. I want you, Lord, to lead me and guide me. I, I want to be saturated with your, with your words. And there are many things. Are you attending the things that glorify the Lord in your life? How is your Bible reading? These are just measurements. These are just things that we can quantify whether or not our standing before the Lord perhaps is approved. And as, as I told you, these are flawed measurements. But we have the Lord that, is, that knows better than us. We have the Lord that knows exactly, you know, the ins and outs. To the minutest details of our Christian life. There's nothing there that is hidden. Everything is exposed before him. But in our carnal assessment, we look at this Bible reading, we look at this prayer, we look at this church attendance, we look at this, you know, sacrifice to the Lord's work, we look at these things that we do as a religious person, we look at these things, how are we committed how are we committed unto the work of the Lord? How is your Christian life today? Are you glorifying the Lord? You may say, kind of. Are you more keen on gaining money than gaining God's favor in your life? We may say, well, I'm not super spiritual. I have other things to do. I need money too, you know? That's what we justify our actions. And that is also exactly what God sees. God sees that we have this inclination of stepping away from the Lord because of this justification that we have. And we step farther and farther and farther away from the Lord because we have all these things that encumbered us. We have all these things that, that stop us from getting closer to the Lord and in, instead we are putting these things in front of us that we are drifting away from God. And all of a sudden, you are out there nowhere. You do not know where you are at in your Christian life. You still have love of the Lord in your heart. But, you know, you just kind of. And that is exactly, that is exactly where we are at in the sight of the Lord. When he uses the word lukewarm. That is exactly the word, kind of, lukewarm. 
You are not hot, you are not on fire, the work of the Lord, and you are not also cold because the truth of the matter is you are here in the church. The truth of the matter is we are here this morning because we kind of wanting God and his blessing upon our life. But moments later, after the service this morning, we, you will forget everything what you have heard. You will forget everything what God is speaking to you this morning. Because you will be drifted again back to the things you call the reality that we need money. And that is, my friend, exactly why the Lord said, I know thy works. You are neither cold nor hot. Yep. You are not on fire for the Lord, yep. and you are not also wanting to get rid of God because you are afraid yep. of that. You don't want to go that far because, oh, that, that is unimaginable. To think that God is not existing, and to think that God has no part of our life, that is unimaginable to you. But to get closer to God and closer and closer to Him, and to re rely only upon Him, that is also not the kind of thing that you want in your life. Yeah. You want to stay in the middle. And majority of the Christians, they want, they want to stay in the middle. And that is exactly God is pointing there. Thou art lukewarm. And God made that conclusion that this, this church is a lukewarm church. And because this is a lukewarm church, I will spill thee out of my mouth. He cannot accept you. He cannot accept me if we stay in the middle. Yep. Right? Go away from God or stay closer to God and pray to God, you cannot stay in the middle. Because God wants you to choose. Choose. Joshua has this to say. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers on the other side of the flood or the gods of, of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua made it a point that he will not go back to the former religion and former, you know, uh, ignorance of God in his life. And he doesn't want to stay, you know, and to worship the, 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 the gods of the land, you know, New Zealand, the god of this land, is like the Amorites. Money. Yep. You walk, walk around, up and down, north and south island. You see people, they look for money. Yep. And that is the land. That is the, what Joshua said. Oh, the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. This is the, what they worship. They worship money here. They worship money. If that is the kind of person you want, if that is the kind of Christian you want, then Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yep. You see here, brothers and sisters, are there any characteristics as the Lord described this church? Characteristics that are present in your Christian life today. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm, uh, the church will not, going, will not be going to condemn you. But there is one that we can be with him. The Lord Jesus cannot accept that. Look to one Christian. If there's anything that categorizes you in the world look one, I think we have a chance right now to rectify that, to straighten it up. Today, we will see the Lord Jesus Christ addresses this failing church. I hope that we are far from this. I hope that this is not us. I hope that this is not something that we have. I hope that this is not you. I hope that this is not me. When the Lord addresses this Christian church, the church at Laodicea, they look good on the outside. But they lack the spiritual power. They look flourishing. They look growing. And yet the Lord didn't see any resemblance of the Spirit of God in that church. That's why he wants to address this church. Because he loves the church. 
It was that church, perhaps, that fooled the public, but not the Savior. Yep. Because he said, I know thy works. We see here, first of all, in chapter 3 of the book of Revelation, verse number 14, and we see the church and its deeds. The church and its deeds. Verse 14, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, This thing saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I know thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spill thee out of my mouth. Now, this is very interesting introduction of the Savior. A very interesting introduction of the Lord, of Himself. How these people, how these people want Him to know. <coughs> the Lord wants these people to know who He is. He is called the Amen. The one that is steady. The one that is unchangeable in all His purposes and all His promises. The Amen. That's His name. The Lord Jesus Christ. The Amen, which are all ye and all Amen. That's His name. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Amen. Christ is unchangeable. Yep. He is not going to change. Yep. In, in Malachi chapter 3, verse number 6. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. In Psalm 102, verse number 25, Psalm 102, verse number 25, Of old thou hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment, and as a vesture shalt thou change them. And they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. The Lord will never change. He is the Amen. And also he is the faithful and true witness. Yeah. Why he is faithful and true witness? Because he keeps his promises. Yep. When he said, when he said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise, he promised that to the sinner at the cross. When he said, uh, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'll go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's where I am. There you will be also. I am Aspa and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Behold, I come quickly. I will tell you, my friend, the Lord Jesus Christ promised all those promises and He is a faithful person. He is a faithful God because He is faithful and true witness. That's His name. And also, He called Himself the beginning of the creation of God. Perhaps He was referring to the first creation, so He is the beginning, that is the first cause. In fact, He is the creator. He is the creator and the governor of this universe. Yep. He owns this universe. Yep. He created this universe. Yep. If you look at him, in, um, I think it's in um, the book of um, John chapter 1, verse number um, verse number 3, verse number 3, and in Colossians also, but in verse number 3, all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. The Lord Jesus Christ the beginning of the creation of God. And the Lord Jesus Christ, when he looks at this church in, in Ephesus, when he looks at this church in Laodicea, the Lord Jesus Christ was not deceived by the appearance of success. Oh, he may have a lot of successes. Perhaps programs after programs after programs, they are all, they made it perfect. Perfect, flawless. The flow is smooth and everything is taken care of and everyone has part and everyone enjoyed. I'll tell you my friend, uh, by the appearance of man, this church was a success. 
In fact, they know that they, have a, they, have, they, are, they are a success. In fact, they know that they have achieved something for the Lord. But not in the opinion of the Holy Spirit of God. Not in accordance to what the Bible says about success in the work of the church. He knows what's going on in all the churches. He knows what's going on in every individual in the church. Because, you know, he is all-knowing God. Brother Bone prayed this morning that God is omniscient. That means he is all-knowing. He knows everything. He knows how many, you know, um, um, how much air we need every, every day. God knows it. God knows how much calories that we need to, to eat every day. God knows you know, how much how much you earn, how much, uh, you know, uh, labor, how much time you put into labor. Everything that we do, everything that, um, you know, uh, uh, we accomplish in this world, God knows of it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12 and 13. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Bursting even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and, of, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse 13. Neither is there rich, uh, any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The Lord Jesus, he sees beyond the resources of the church. The Lord Jesus, he, he, he sees beyond the budget of the church. He knows these people that love him in the church. He knows those who are faithful. He knows who are, those who are lukewarm and he knows those who are cold. He knows all of them. And looks, he looks at this church and he saw how little passion this church of Laodicea Concerning the church and the souls of men, they have so much things that they do in their hands, but not none of them related directly to the souls of men. And this is what the Lord Jesus Christ saw. The people in the church, they were just moving in motion in religion, according to their religion. They are just going through the motions. They are not, they are not really, you know, a particular of anything about God's laws, about God's uh, purposes. They want to accomplish things in the church, but not really accomplishing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Inwardly, they were lukewarm of the eternal truth. They are not interested in the word of God. When the preaching, you know, goes beyond the limit, they, they will look at their watch, they will look at their phone for the time, and they are ready to depart. They are not really interested about the eternal truth. Yep. And this caused the Lord Jesus Christ to be disappointed. Christ was disappointed in them and told them so. He was not happy with them. These people, the Lord Jesus Christ, asked, what is the temperature of this church? But my friend, can we take that as a personal question to us? And say to ourselves, what is my temperature in my Christian life? Are we a disappointment to the Lord Jesus? I will tell you, my friend, I cannot say that on behalf of you. You can answer the question yourself. I can answer my own question. Whether or not am I as a person a disappointment to the Lord Jesus? You as a person, are you a disappointment to the Lord Jesus? Because God wants us to look at this age. Because we are loved by the Lord. Yep. He yep. wants us to draw closer to Him. 
Yep. Grow nigh to God, and He will grow nigh to you. Yep. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. And God is speaking in a manner of affection because He wants you and me to be closer to Him, to be in fellowship with Him. And the fact that He called our attention right now, perhaps there is something wrong that God doesn't want you to continue on because that will drift you away farther yep. from Him. Yep. He wants to call you back. He wants to, he wants to gather you back unto Himself. Are we a disappointment to the Lord Jesus? My friend, God said, I know thy work. In verse number 17 of the book of Revelation chapter 3, not just we can see the church and its deeds, but also we see the church and its prosperity. Indeed, God wants you to prosper. Indeed, God wants you to enjoy the blessings. He wants you to enjoy all these blessings. He doesn't want you to be, as I read to you this morning in our Sunday school, God wants you to be the head and not the tail. God wants you to be the one that you lend, not to borrow. God wants you to lead and not following the leader. Yep. God wants to put you on the top, not on the bottom. It is God, it is in God's pleasure to bless you because He owns this thing for your joy, for your you know um, enjoyment. In John chapter 10, verse number 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In contrast, the Lord Jesus Christ said, I have come that they might have life, and that is eternal life, and that they might have it more abundantly. He, he, he doesn't just want you to give eternal life, that your soul will be bound to go to heaven. He also wants you to have a prosperous life. He wants you to have joy in these things to the satisfaction of your soul because all these things are created by God for your enjoyment. He wants you to enjoy. Uh, notice that in, I think in Timothy, if I'm not mistaken, if I can um, grab that verse, I think Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse, number, uh, verse number 10, um, I think about... The Lord wants you to enjoy the blessing. First Timothy chapter 3 The love of money is that is the root of all evil. That's in um, that's six. Is it 316? No. Chapter 6, verse 10. Verse number 17. He said, Charge them that are rich in this world. God did not say it's wrong to be rich. But if that is what you want in this life, that is wrong. Because as I said to you this morning in our Sunday school, God wants you, doesn't want you to look at the gift, but the giver of the gift. God wants to, to gain your attention and your, God wants you to be attracted to the giver. Not to the gift that was given by the giver. And here God wants you to see that he's not, here is not all against rich people. Charge them that are rich. It's just a warning to the rich because God wants them to be rich too. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You see, God wants you to work hard. Work hard as much as you can. And save that money for, you know, for your children. Send your children to good schools. And, and you can buy a good home for your abode. And, and you can buy a, a good running car. It's okay. 
God wants you to enjoy your labor. Do not waste that. Do not, you know, squander that money. Save it for your future also. But do not forget the poor. Do not forget the missionaries. Do not forget the work of God. Because God will give you even more. So that you will enjoy. God wants you to enjoy. But God doesn't want you to focus on those things. Yep. And your attention in that money, yep. oh, whatever you know, what time it is. Oh, uh, is there is there any um, um, overtime Sunday then? You volunteer yourself overtime Sunday. That is not going to be good. Yep. Because God sees that. The Lord sees the prosperity of this church. In verse number seven, go back to Revelation three. He said, "Because thou sayest, I am rich." And increase with goods. And have need of nothing. And know is not that thou art rich and miserable and poor, blind and naked. Verse 18, he said, I counsel thee to buy with me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. That the shame of thy nakedness in the field, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. You see, my friend, the people of this church were poor, really poor, when they said and thought that they are rich. When, when, the, when, when the church realized that they are rich materially, they have a lot of things, they have a lot of goods, they have all this building and, 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 and the ornaments and the and the grounds of the building and the rooms there and the auditorium and the stage and the platform, everything is perfect. The music, the, the choir, and the people, I will tell you, these people will say they are rich. But the moment they realize that they are rich, that's the moment that God sees they are poor. The people of this church really poor when they said and thought that they were rich. Why God said that they were poor? Because God saw in this church that they had no provision for their souls to live upon. They have no sustenance, spiritual sustenance. Their souls were starving in the midst of their abundance in material things. These people God said that they were vastly in debt to the justice of God. And these people, they had nothing to pay off, even the least of that debt. They are destitute. And they do not realize it because of the abundance of their uh, of blessings, material blessings. They did not realize it because of, you know, um, uh, the money the that we have in the bank. They did not realize how poor they are because of the Material blessings that are abounding, they are materially rich, but they are spiritually bankrupt. Yep. Destitute. Now, how did these members of the church of Adelizia see themselves? When they saw that material things are abounding, they focus on the material things. They boasted of being rich. They boasted of being increased with goods. That's what, that, that's what Jesus Christ said there. That these people saying from their mouth perhaps, perhaps not in their mouth, but, but from their heart. They have unspoken boasts. They have unspoken boasting. They did not say that in their mouth, but you can see that in their action. You can see that. In their hearts is, you know, right. They thought that they needed nothing. That's what they think. And again, material blessings is the temptation of, uh, that will come to a Christian. The financial independence there is a is a great temptation for all of us. When a person experiences prosperity. He has tendencies to depend on his wealth rather than depending on the Lord. Yep. 
They do not pray anymore because why should they pray? They have no need. They do not pray for food. They do not pray for to pay their bills. They do not have to pray to, to pay to send their children to school. They have all the things that they need. So why why should we pray? My friends, again, all of us, I believe, we pray for each other. When when we see prosperity or we see success and victory uh, of, of our brothers and sisters, we rejoice in the Lord. We all pray that all of us will prosper materially, but not to the point where you starve yourself from the necessary spiritual nourishment that you need. We need to, um, you know, the more God will bless us, the more we beg the Lord, the more you 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 cry unto the Lord, please, you know, um, have mercy upon me. The more you cling unto the Lord, the more you have money, the more you have to cling unto the Lord. Because a lot of people, they fall because they have a lot of money. A lot of people have forgotten God because they have a lot of money. In the story of the rich man and Lazarus, you see that? In, 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 in Luke chapter 16, you see exactly the story. The story of the rich man and Lazarus. God said to him that the rich man uh, had this uh, uh, nice clothes and eats sumptuous things every day. Sumptuous food every day. The rich man died. I was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being uh, in torment, and seeing her Abraham afar off. And cried unto Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. That, and sent Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I will tell you, my friend, while the rich man was there in hell, Lazarus was in heaven. But while they were alive, we look at the rich man, he eats a good food every day, nice clothes, a nice beautiful house, swimming pool in the backyard. He has all the things that the, the, your soul desires. And Lazarus has nothing. He doesn't have proper clothes, he doesn't have a house, he doesn't have bed, of course, and he doesn't have food. He's destitute. He needs, and no one wants to help him. He only, he only survived on the crumbs. If the rich man will remember him, he has crumbs. And he enjoyed the crumbs. He loves it. If you look back, I mean, if you look at these two, and we have, we have an opportunity to choose. Which life do you like? You like the rich man or, or Lazarus? I believe 99% of us will say, we want Lazarus. Why all of us want Lazarus? Because we know the story. We know the story. That Lazarus ended up in heaven. If we do not know the story, 99% of us, we want the rich man. Because we do not know the story. Now that we know the story, that the end of this rich man is hell, and the end of Lazarus is heaven, we want Lazarus. But I want to tell you that we believe our life we are following the rich man. Yep. We follow the rich man's yep. way of life. But we want the ending of Lazarus. How can that be? You want the ending of Lazarus and you live the life like a rich man? You see, my friend, to an immature Christian, financial prosperity is a spiritual, dangerous territory. But God will guide you. God, God will help you. But to a mature Christian, he will remain dependent on the Lord regardless where he is in his financial status. It doesn't matter. Whether he is rich or whether he is poor, it doesn't matter to him. If he is rich, he will be found in the church faithfully. He will be found working for the work of the Lord faithfully. If he is poor, he will be found working for the work of the Lord faithfully. It doesn't matter. You see, church, if the Lord blesses you, and he will bless you, and I know that, you ought to continue to saturate your activities 
and your mind should be set only upon the Lord. Again, churches can make tragic trades. There are things that we do sometimes it's very dangerous in our Christian life. Pastor Bob Hughes admonished the Christians in his time in the 1970s. He preached, and you always hear him preach these things, that so many Christians, they, they major the minor things. And they minor the major things. Yep, yep. Exactly what, what Isaiah said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Yep. That put darkness in light and light for darkness. That put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes. You see, we may trade spiritual fire for finalists. We may trade prayer for position. We are trading the power with God. And Compare it with the prestige with men. We would rather go with the prestige of men. Because we want to be seen by people. We want to be seen by people to be successful. But I will tell you, my friend, the favor of God is far better. Yep. In verse number 18, we already saw the church and its deeds. We saw the church and its prosperity. And lastly here, we see the church and its living action. There is an action that we need for the church. In verse number 18, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. This is the Lord's advice. The Lord's advice is that He wants His people. That's us, you and me. We are God's people. We are this peculiar people. He loves you. He saved you. He prepares a place for you. He wants you to come with Him someday in heaven, whether at the time of our death or whether at the time of His arrival, to meet Him in the air. Whatever is the, is the meeting that we will have with the Lord, God wants you, you know, uh, to follow Him. And drop that vain opinions of yourself. Put away that false opinion of yourself. Abandon that sin. Abandon that self-sufficiency and come to the Lord Jesus Christ with a sense of poverty, with a sense of emptiness, and say to the Lord, Lord, without you I am nothing, despite of how much money you have in the bank, despite of how many houses maybe you own, despite of how, how good you may be in your trade, despite of the prosperity ahead of you, despite of all that, you must be filled with, you know, when you come before the presence of God, you must rely solely and fully unto him and him alone. Yep. That you may be filled with his true treasure. Because the treasures in this world are not real treasure. The Lord Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul wrote that the love of money is the root of all That while some coveted after, they have feared from the faith. And push themselves through with many sorrows. It's because of their love of money. They have a lot of heartaches. People who love money, they will have a lot of heartaches. Yep. A lot of pain. A lot of hatred. When, when people snatch your money away from you, then you will hate that person. And you have forgotten that that person has souls too. That person has family too. That person, you know, uh, but you hate the person because he stole your money. You see, my friend, that's the person that loves money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Then what is Lord's recommendation? He, he gave us advice. But what was his recommendation? The Lord Jesus Christ recommended for this poor church to buy him gold tried in the fire. 
He said, buy of me gold tried in the fire. Remember, these people are poor people in the sight of God. And how come these poor people can buy gold? Now, he lets them know how to buy this gold. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke to them, buy of me gold tried in the fire. The Bible says that they can. You and I, if you are in poverty spiritually, we can buy that gold. Gold, we can buy it from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. As they, as they buy also of the Lord Jesus Christ, milk without money and without price. If you remember that, wine and milk, without money and without price. That's the same way. We can buy of the Lord Jesus Christ, gold tried in the fire. That is in Isaiah chapter 55, verse number 1. This is how you buy milk and honey or, or, or wine and milk without money. But you can buy it. He said, Oh, everyone, the person, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. My friend, if you are spiritually destitute right now, you can buy that gold. Yep. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. Without money, without price. Say unto him, Lord, I have nothing to pay that, but here is my life. Yep. You can buy that, and you can have that. Buy of me gold dried in the fire. Buy of me white raiment. That white raiment mentioned about this righteousness. These people, they say that I have need of nothing. I have goods, plenty of goods. I, have, I am rich. Oh, God said to them, oh, no, no, no. You are not. You are poor. You are richer. You are naked. And in suggestion, God said, buy of me that white raiment, that your nakedness will be covered. And the shame of your, of your nakedness will not be seen. These people were naked in the sight of God. They must put something on to cover their nakedness. Pastor, what should we put on? My friend, I will tell you, you have to put on the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ himself yep. in your life. If you are not saved this morning, you need Jesus Christ yep. in your life. You need Him and Him alone. But if you are saved and you are the lukewarm that God said, you are naked. Yep. You are naked. Yep. If you are this morning saved and you've been, you've been a Christian for a long time, and I'm going to tell you, my friend, if you have no passion for the souls of men, if you have no passion for the work of God, if you have no passion for the church of God, if you have no passion for the, for the ministry and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, I will tell you, you are naked and yep. you are in the sight of God, you are shameful. Yep. You must put on Christ's righteousness yep. and throw away, throw away, what is that to throw away? Your rags. Your filthy rags of self-righteousness. Yep. You don't need it. Yep. No matter how much filthy rags you put on your body, in the sight of God, you are still naked. Yep. Mm. The only covering that can cover your nakedness is the Lord Jesus Christ and His righteousness. Yep. Mm. yep. Buy of me. Why you pregnant? You have no money. Of course you have no money because you are poor in the sight of God. But you can buy it without money. You can buy it without price. Because God is selling it to you. Buy it. You can buy it. Offer your life to God. Then He will receive you. And He said, I will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Buy of me gold, try to buy. Buy of me white raiment. Buy of me Isaiah. Isaiah. He counseled them to buy for themselves, eyesight, so that they might see, because these people are blind. They look at the verses, they look at the word of God, but they are blind. Yep. They do not, nothing moves them. Yep. They look at the word, read it, and understand the meaning of it, but nothing moves them and nothing changes them. These people are blind. God said, this, this, 
this is spiritual blindness they cannot see so therefore God said buy me eyesight so that you might see what is that pastor God is speaking to you give up your own wisdom and reason yep because the way you live your life is not pleasant in the sight of God. Yep. And God cannot see why. They have the Bible in their hands. They have the Bible they read in the church. And why these people cannot see? They need Isaiah. And you cannot find it anywhere. You can only find it in the Lord. Jesus Christ said, Buy me, Isaiah, that they might see. Do not justify the happier of your soul. Do not justify because justification of that is a very clear manifestation of your blindness. Surrender yourself to His Word. Surrender yourself to His Spirit. Then your eyes will be open. Buy me, Isaac. Be no more careless but watchful of your soul. And the light of Christ shall shine. And you will be delivered from the power of darkness in your life. You will be delivered from the, you know, wires of the devil. The treacherousness of the devil. The church and its things. God knows our work. Nothing escapes him. Nothing escapes his sight. Yep. The church and its prosperity. The people think that they are rich. But the moment they realize they are rich, God said, oh no, they are poor. They are rich and they are blind, they are naked. The church and its needed action. A great counsel from heaven itself. Buy of me gold, try in your fire. Buy of me white raiment, the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Buy of me, I saw. Forget your wisdom. Forget your reason. Because if your wisdom and your reason you base on the wisdom of this world, you are going nowhere. Yep. That will remain the blindness in your life. Look at it in the scripture. Be led by the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit of God will teach you all things. My friend, the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned about the church of Laodicea. And the Lord Jesus Christ is concerned maybe about you and about me. That is why this is a loving, you know, admonition from the Lord Himself. And you have to take it. Because this is what He sees. This is not what the pastor sees. This is what God sees. Yep. And this is what we need. It's for our friends. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for the reminder. Lord, indeed, we need that item. We need that gold tried in the fire. We need that white raiment. Oh God, we are so destitute. We do not have anything. <coughs> Perhaps we have guns, but we have no ammunition. Perhaps we have the Bible, but we cannot see because we are blind. Lord, we need your eyes out. We need your righteousness. Lord, we need the gold tried in the fire. Our focus in this life, Lord, is wrong. The focus, the activities that we have, will only lead us to spiritual poverty. Please, Lord, direct our ways. Change our hearts. Change our hearts to your word. That we will put more importance on your work in our lives than the work we have in this world. Lord, that's the heart of your people. We want to be approved in your sight. Take the blindness away from us. We want to be approved in your sight. Give us, Lord, that white raiment, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And allow us, Lord, to throw away these filthy rags of our own 
works of our own righteousness because it couldn't work in your time. Lord, we are not good. Forgive us, Lord, for the failures that we purposely have done in this life. And help us to be right for your eyes. My friends, we will talk to the Lord this morning. While God is speaking to you, and perhaps pointing to you the very thing that God wants us to change. Why don't you come and sit on it with the Lord? We have our altar. We need that Isaac. No doubt we need God. No doubt we need white training. If there is anything that you want to sit on with God today, and you're serious about it, why don't you come? And ask the Lord, Lord, I am poor. I need that white rain. I need that gold. Try to the fire. Oh, thank you, Lord, that it doesn't have to need material money. But here is my life. Here is my life. I want you to bless the Lord. If that is what you want, then come. And God will speak to you. And God will settle the things. He said, let us reason together. Come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, I will make them as white as snow. Say unto the Lord, ask his blessing because this church cannot bless you. Your pastor cannot bless you. But we have a God here that can bless you. We have a God here that you need. I know that you do not need anyone. You do not need this church. You need God. And he is the God that we are worshiping today. He is waiting upon you. Come, let us reason together, God said. Give up your own wisdom, my friend. If your life is leading you to that direction that you don't want to go, then give up that wisdom because that is not the wisdom from heaven. That is not the wisdom from above. Surrender to the Lord. Do not justify your hunger for your, of your soul. Do not justify that blindness because God already gives you the solution to the blindness. Buy of me, Isaac. Say to the Lord, Lord, I need that Isaac. Open my eyes. Help me, Lord, to love my Bible. Help me, Lord, to love the church. Help me, Lord, to love the souls of men. Help me, Lord, to focus on the work that has that have eternal value and the souls of men. And ask the Lord for blessing in your life. And He will bless you. Let's continue to pray. Our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for these people that have come forward. Thank you for your work. Thank you, God, that you spoke this morning. Bless these people, Lord. Bless them and give them their heart's desire. Help them, Lord. To accomplish those things that they desire to accomplish in your name. And bless them with all blessings. And even those individuals, Lord, who have not come forward, but I know that all of us have a desire. All of us have a desire to remain. Be sure attend to our desires. Make us, O God, a fruitful Christian. Make us, Lord, rich in your eyes. Make us, Lord, to accumulate those gold tried in the fire. Help us, Lord, to win souls that will give us that gold tried in the fire. Help us, Lord, to be useful in the church. To be a blessing in our homes. 
to be a, a, a husband that is a blessing to the wife. The wife that is a blessing to the husband and the children. Help us, Lord, that as the children to be a blessing to their parents, their blessing to the community, to the workplaces, and to our church. And make of us around that clean wisdom ready for the master's use. Lord, bless all these people. And thank you for the goodness. Thank you for the opportunity this morning. Let's all stand and